I V M. Working in the whole advertising media entertainment industry also then involves marketers to kind of flow from industry to industry that right? kind of helps them build expertise where you you know you might you might start off working for an fmcg company move on to technology move go from there to entertainment and 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 that journey uh, while some of your fundamentals pretty much stay the same uh, what it teaches you is to take learnings from what you've done somewhere else involve that um learn from that also also keep a fresh mind to learn newer things into the new segment that you move to and that's really how you evolve and that's how your thought process uh, evolves and that also then lets you um when you do rise to a senior enough position to be able to give that learning um across to other, to not only just people you work with but but partners and 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 other associated companies that you actually jam with um on what really is the future of what we all do and to kind of dig a little deeper into that it would be interesting to get aditya swami on the show um i've known adi since uh, he was the head of mtv uh, in india and he right now heads um, agency partnerships and creative services at google india why i wanted him to come on is because he's kind of seen that journey over the years right he's 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 started off at coca-cola went on to uh, be at ycom and mtv for a long period of time from there to flipkart and from flipkart to google he's seen um, a journey where there are a lot of learnings across that um there is also a lot of understanding of what the market right now demands and i thought it'd be interesting to kind of ask him uh, how he sees things and and also kind of really speak to him about what his journey has been like so yeah so that's what we're going to do in this episode of advertising is dead i'm varun dugirala co-founder and content chief at the glitch and we'll be right back after this Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We with uh, Aditya Swami or or Addy as as a lot of us have called him over the years. Have, have you Adi, had multiple kinds of pronunciations of that? Uh, Addy and Addy. Addy, but Aditya is only when my wife or mother are very angry with me. Then it's <laughs> Aditya. <laughs> yeah, you had um, agency partnerships and and creative services at at Google uh, India, right? Um, but. I know you as what when I asked you this question, or rather not about five minutes before we started recording, you said you are a Googler. But I know you as one of the biggest music fans I know, like literally. Like I remember from I like I've known you from the time when you were at MTV, and and we would be one of those guys who were, I think, staples working with MTV India at that point of time. And I look at your journey, and I was doing this because I stalk all the guests before we 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 do every. Uh, Uh, recording and I I realized that you've worked across all categories in terms of roles, right? There was there's Coca Cola, which is FMCG in the beginning. Then there was entertainment with with Viacom and MTV, uh, ecom with uh, with Flipkart, and 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 now Google. Um, how has that been? Heavy so, question to start with. No, no. I, <laughs> I was talking about this yesterday with somebody, so I'm thinking where to start. You know, and uh, I just look back and you see it. each industry if i think about what you were saying now at that time was considered the most fun place to to work you know that's true actually when i started working uh, in the late 90s like the fmcg jobs were were unilever and png and they were considered like serious places to yeah, go yeah and then if you want to have fun you went to coke and pepsi you yeah. know coke was not about this core brand building but about sponsorships and tying up with artists and doing concerts and doing cricket tournaments and you know yeah so i think it was i was driven i think most of my choices Uh, have been driven by hey, is it a fun industry to work with? Yeah. And uh, like it's just three circles of life, right? Uh, I mean, three circles of career. So, what is the kind of job that you are doing? That's yeah. the inner circle, right? What do you do? Yeah. What does your company do? So, what's the business 
of your company and finally what's the industry if yeah. all the three are kind of in sync then you'll you'll have a good time so yeah. i think coke was great in that time it's a really fun place to work a lot of interesting things happened it was maybe what tech is of today mm. yeah true. was what you know it was in those days uh, and i'll tell you a fun story i mean this is how fun it was uh, back in those days talking about advertising mm. If you want to run an ad on Star TV, mm-hmm. uh, you have to actually send the tape to Hong Kong to upload. Yeah, I remember. The tapes would not get uploaded in <laughs> India, right? Uh, so I was a management trainee, and suddenly one of the oh, ma- you were the one who oh, can I know? Now I know you're going to talk about it. So the, I was a management trainee, and one of the marketing directors said, "Yeah, this new thumbs up commercial, na, bada secretive commercial hai. Ek kisi ko nahi dekhna chahiye. So it has to go only by hand with a very trusted source. No courier can mm-hmm. carry it, and all. So who has a visa for Hong Kong? Yeah." I mean, I hardly traveled abroad, but my one uncle who lives outside of <laughs> India lives in Hong Kong. What happened to visit? <laughs> so I had, I had raised my hand that I have a Hong Kong visa. Boom, I went. I went in business class. Uh. I had uh, two nights stay in Hong Kong. So Friday I went, gave it, I had hotel. Yeah. I mean, I was a management trainee. I'm flying yeah. business class, staying in a nice f-ing hotel in, yeah. in Hong Kong. I had to give the tape. Yeah. I gave the tape. And I came back and people would actually, and my <laughs> friends in, you know, working in like Asian paints and Hindustan Lee would be like, are you serious? Yeah. You went to Hong Kong to give a tape? I have a sad so, version of, of what this thing was. That when me and Rohit were just, had just joined Channel V, uh, Channel V used to do this. Um, and Rohit hadn't got a passport yet. So he was there longer than I was. And he was waiting to get a passport. He was lazy uh, to do to get onto one of those things. Because even Star used to do this. I think once a month they would send someone with, with tapes to go. I don't know if it was Hong Kong or Singapore at that point of time. And uh, I joined. And the exact time when he got his passport is when they stopped doing it out of Hong Kong and Singapore <laughs> and it was lower parallel. Uh, so yeah, that's what that's called. I was there when we, we missed the, the boat. But yeah, those were, those yeah, so were interesting. It, it was like a fun time to work. Uh, another incident was, uh, you know, we Coca-Cola sponsored a lot of cricket tournaments in those days. Uh, yeah. So we had a tri-series in uh, Zimbabwe that we sponsored. Uh, and literally somebody had to go and park themselves in Zimbabwe for two weeks of the tournament. Uh, everybody else had work. I was the like, bacha around. Yeah. So I went for two weeks. I was in Zimbabwe. I traveled along the team. There's a my claim to fame is uh, giving Sachin his man of the match award because there was nobody. Oh, you, else. you were that for, okay. because there was nobody like nobody <laughs> wanted to go to Zimbabwe in the nineties. Like it was like <laughs> Mugabe was in full swing. So. so you were that guy who was introduced in the presentation uh, ceremony. Like, like. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of beer sitting on the hill and suddenly I came. So and I when I left Coke, it was really. Uh, someone who I really looked up to in the company said, Hey, Adi, you know so much about only one industry. Mm. You know, how would you like to be in a job where in morning you can talk to telecom, afternoon you can talk to food, evening you can talk yeah. to automobiles. Yeah. Suddenly you know so much. You might not know everything about one thing, but you know a lot about little things. Yeah. And to me, that just seemed like a like a better proposition. You exactly, know? yeah. A little bit of many things rather than deep of one thing. Like, I'm not that deep guy. So I said, this sounds interesting. So... He said, come to MTV. I said, you know, MTV will hire somebody from like on brand manager type will get a job in MTV. Really? He said, yeah, why not? I realize this is a perception problem, right? I did not, like I always wanted to work at MTV. So even when I went to college, I remember they said, where do you want to go intern? I only wrote MTV. What do you want to do there? I didn't know what that that (laughs) meant, right? So I said, I want to work in production because I thought that is what you, what a producer did. Um, I ended up in production. Uh, which was not where I wanted to be. So I, I then had to do this conversation to swap myself into a more creative role. But yeah, everyone want to work, but you didn't know what you could actually do there. So imagine I walk in and my cabin I get is neighboring guess who? 
super these you know bihari men and the superpower was spitting pan i remember that one and uh, they wanted and i was the marketing whatever marketing head in those days so oh she said let's do a press conference mm. and i had come fresh from like south india i didn't bangalore and chennai and like we have to do a press conference in hindi mm. i'm like this is pretty challenging man <laughs> oh she doesn't speak much hindi either <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so both of you did the press so conference so both of us did the press conference <laughs> in hindi about pan spitting like super super heroes It's a, but it was a crazy. I, I remember uh, when I, my my brief period interning and then working at MTV. Uh, your your stint was was much longer. And how was that curve to that whole process? Because I know that you you were there for for a while. So. I was MTV. I was at Viacom for nine years. Yeah. Um, I ran MTV for the last three and a half years of that yeah. time. I was like, man, I got a chance to do something with a super powerful brand. Yeah. Uh I think we had a really good bunch of people. I think it was yeah. to me that was family literally. I agree. I mean, we worked so closely yeah, together. Yeah. I used to literally think that you and Glitch were extension of MTV. You <laughs> yeah, guys yeah, to walk yeah. in and walk out on both sides. Yeah. I knew all the watchmen. I knew all the security guards. They would be able to let me <laughs> get in. And I think the the biggest advantage there was there were no trainer wheels. You know what I mean? Like like you want to fall you fall. Yeah. Don't fall on the same side twice. Yeah, you know, don't be yeah. needed and keep falling on one side. Yeah, Figure yeah. out another way to fall. Yeah, and what could go wrong? At at worst, like, what would go wrong, right? Yeah, and I think that attitude kind of really helped. Uh, I remember t- our sales teams would almost be like, "Let's be, we have when we walk in, we don't have the big viewership numbers, we don't have the big investment. Yeah, how are we going to make our partners feel that they're doing something special with us? And yeah, the way we dress, the way we talk." the way our slides look yeah. uh, you know at we in early days i remember ragu dikshit as a band has started become a band yeah uh, and ragu would just you know actually be hanging on office and saying hey can i do some background music can yeah. i get a some slot in a music video we would actually take ragu with his you know anklets yeah into clients offices and literally like scared we call a hey koi aadmi aaya hai upar guitar hai aur pair wo aur pair wo bade gungru like on his leg But he would come in. We'd finish the presentation, and we said we want to rock with MTV. And suddenly, Raghu would walk into the into the like conference room yeah, and start singing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I think we tried to do things a little differently. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think the like I I say this, and, and I know that me and Roy both agree with this, right? Is that MTV and Channel V because those are the two places that I worked at before we started Glitch, and and Roy worked in Channel V. Is that literally the framework of what we built Glitch on uh, was what we learned from both the places because. unlike what was traditionally i would say in media companies or in or, or in uh, agencies the like you said the, the freedom to fail uh, also kind of come up that the jugardness of what you just said was the jugardness of how you were actually go across everything from presentations to how you even build stuff and, and many times you would actually say you can do something and then figure out how to do it right yeah, yeah, um and, and, and but also the fact that that was championed from from top to bottom it wasn't necessarily something that people would kind of do and I, and i and i think that was the consistent part about how it functioned I th- I think it became more like a literally like a community because yeah. there was say eighty hundred of us in technically who worked there, yeah. but you know partners like yourselves really thought about hey MTV is doing this let's do it yeah I've produced big ticket award shows wherein partners have come and said 
I know it's difficult for us to make money, but I'm investing in for you. Let's do something. I've yeah. had artists in the very first years who've yeah. said, you know, you're doing a good thing. Let's come and do it. So yeah. I think we just like this whole set of people who believed that they were all doing something yeah. for the cause. Yeah. Like I don't know something like you know something yeah. like that. They just kind of uh, yeah mushroomed. Yeah. Uh, and when we launched MTV Indies as a platform. You know, Ankur came on board. Yeah. Ankur is like small. The world is small. You're Ankur on your show. Yeah. Few weeks back, uh, and I knew Ankur through as when he was in his hotel management days in in Delhi, right? Oh, really? Yeah, I he was not even a musician in those days, yeah. right? Uh, he used to play the guitar, but that was never going to be his profession. And suddenly, like, I'm like, if I'm going to launch indies, there's no better guy than Ankur. I remember yeah. having chai in Ankur's apartment, yeah. Roshan, Ankur, and me, and saying yeah. that we will do this channel and <laughs> and uh, suddenly the number of people who came forward to saying, hey, you know. It's a difficult, you know, profitable proposition, but let's see how we can help yeah, you. Yeah. I think everyone just came together. Yeah. So it was a fun time, and then I just thought it was getting so like easy. Yeah. In some sense, like yeah. everything was just happening. Yeah. That's okay. It's time to like shake things up. Yeah. And like, if I could have been MTV forever, I thought. I think that was the thing with MTV, right? And I, I remember speaking to some people, um, and some, and it will be like an insider conversation. But for people who know people, uh, there is this person called Sean Pereira. You should Google him. <laughs> He's now finally not He's an finally MTV. Finally, not an MTV. Uh, we used to call him, and uh, this is what organizations like MTV do: is that you become almost like uh, I wouldn't say furniture, but you are literally so deep rooted there that no one believe that you'll ever leave. Um, he was one of those. For, I, he was there when I was in intern. He was he was he was there, and he continued to be there till I think a year ago. I met him last week actually at one of at a common friends party. But you say furniture. And this is how crazy that place was. So you know, in most companies, you finish three years, you get a bouquet, and finish five, you get a watch. Yeah, you know? yeah. MTV would give you a small chair, yeah. <laughs> and see so you become part of the furniture, <laughs> literally. And as the more and more years you spend, the chair became smaller and smaller. So you're, you're like the chota piece of furniture, and nobody cares about you. And and I think. Uh, yeah, I was, that was that culture, right? And then and 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 from there to. Uh, the Flipkart, flip the ano, and the uh-huh. annual like monthly best performer oh, award. Oh, correct, I remember that. Johnny Worker. Oh yeah, it was a it was a black award with a golden guy. It was called Johnny Worker, so <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Uh, we had a good time, yeah. and, and I think just everybody while we had a lot of fun, people were really like cared that they want to put the best stuff yeah, on. They so. had the opportunity. Some of the most interesting not... pieces of content came out at that time, I, and you know I I say this uh, quite often that. One of the first great web series um, piece of content was was Bring on the Night, right? Which I remember happened during uh, your time there. Um, I we didn't produce it. We just actually aired it because uh, yeah. Vijay and the folks at OML yeah, yeah. Uh, they produced it, uh, and they were like, uh, we used to be like, like how we used so, to spend so, time with such you a great guys. Show. Like, hey, why didn't you put it on MTV? And they're like, really? Yeah, come on, let's do it. And I don't know those days there was much about licensing and IP. They were like. You let it on MTV. Oh, yeah, Just before tape. it's time. Send the tapes. Okay, send the tapes. But 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 it was on air. So that. yeah, but and then like you said, things got a little easy in your mind, and then you said, okay, let's shake things up. Yeah. And then there was Flipkart, and then now Google. How? So you look back at all this period. If you look at your evolution, if you had to turn back to the guy who worked at Coke. I'm, no, not to, I'm, not to, the, I'm not trying to make you feel old. <laughs> no, no, no. I just want to maybe talk about the little bit about the flip MTV to Flipkart. Yeah. It was from being on top of your game mm. to being at the bottom of the of a ladder. Yeah. Was it took some time. It's a ego beating. Ah. In my in my MTV days, I knew everybody. Everybody was friends. I knew my business. I knew my clients. I knew my partners. I knew everyone in the industry. Is Bombay like everything was like you know 
there i don't know sh- anything about e-commerce mm. i was a new city mm. i was considered like like people have been in e-commerce and built flipkart from the beginning i don't know anything yeah. i don't know about digital marketing yeah and hence it was it was very humbling it 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 sometimes felt like shit i have wanted to get myself in my comfort zone but i didn't really sign up for this uncomfortable mm. zone and yeah. and i think it made me more grounded mm-hmm. because till then i was like i'm the dude but yeah. it made me feel like hey it's you're only as much about where you work or what you do yeah finally it's you have to who are you on your own and and i think that helped me start thinking about who am i and not just where i work and yeah. a lot of times i now tell my folks at in my team saying that when somebody asks you hey who are you or yeah. hey most people say hey i am so and so and i work here yeah if if that's your if that's you going to be a description of yourself your work better be your passion that's true but if your work is your job and then you got to figure out something else and how you you know yeah. define yourself yeah. so flipkart was was crazy i also never worked in a startup where funding was such a big mm. you know the big discussion was always when are we going to get the next funding so yeah. i can tell you that when i joined flipkart the valuation was 16 billion mm-hmm. in the first 3 months the valuation dropped to 10 billion oh so you can imagine like 6 billion wiped out in like 3 months yeah. there's panic in the company right uh, and that's when i think strong leadership uh really makes all the difference mm-hmm. uh there's a gentleman called kalyan who came in yeah. to run flipkart yeah he sat up and stood up in a town hall and he said uh, everybody's wondering which way this is going to go mm. uh i'll show you all Mm. that in one year mm. we would be in the best place ever yeah we will have a greater share lead of amazon than we ever have now and all of your stocks mm. will be worth its weight in gold just for flashback fast forward 2018 kalyan sells flipkart for 16 billion dollars <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i i think he just got everyone together very clear vision uh, and it was it, it taught me a lot yeah uh, it was a company where i came from viacom which had annual OKRs or KRAs Flipkart yeah. had every 3 months they changed. Oh. And they changed pretty dramatically so it one it be like this quarter it's all about mobile phones. Mm. A whole organization is going to figure out how we can sell more mobile phones. Yeah. The next quarter like you know what selling mobile phones doesn't make money. Let's get into fashion. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so it was it was like you had to that's be like, agile. That's like uh, agility and another level another uh, level. level. Yeah. and in between obviously there was you know serious questions in job security and mm. people were coming in and out and there's a lot of restructuring uh but that's but i i, I feel that in, in in especially startup cultures those are things that while as chaotic at, at some point some pieces make sense and some pieces uh, you can also let let go in and 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 move with it right you're very right. you know, i had the good fortune to say every everything you have to find something good to make out of it right so yeah. i got an opportunity to actually do something different in flipkart from what i signed up for but it was actually to build a low, uh, like a flipkart owned business inside mm-hmm. and i had no idea about it but that business is going to be run by sachin bansal yeah so i just thought if i'm in flipkart yeah i don't know how long i'm going to be here but if i get to at least meet and hang out and you know be with sachin for some time yeah i'll definitely learn something from him right yeah. and that's when i actually my sachin was my boss mm. uh a boss was 10 years younger than me mm. but who was the superstar of the startup world yeah immense self confidence mm. like to me sachin one word self confidence yeah uh and he was building a small like you know this kind of like a crack team within thing so mm. i was the oldest guy in his team and by default i became the guy <laughs> who used to hang out with him and you know used to bounce ideas off and uh it was he like to me that was the best part and when i told him this you know a lot of people are leaving flipkart uh, sachin like what are we going to what are you going to do about it 
He said, that's the deal in a startup. Yeah. When you, there's risk is high, but the reward is also high. True. So if you come into a startup, you can't say I want a very safe environment, but I want my share price to go up 10x. Hmm. 10x hoga, but 10x down bhi ho sakta hai. Yeah. And if you're ready for that's the kind of mindset yeah. of people we need in this company because we are in a race and, you know, they were clearly in a, in a thing to whether if we don't find someone to fund us, we're going to get bought up, we're eaten up by Amazon. And, and today, Flipkart's, you know, firing well, doing well. I have still a lot of friends there. And yeah. uh, one of the girls in my team is the one who's doing the YouTube concert, talking about music. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I got early access to my tickets. So I'll, See, give, no, us, I'll give a shout out to Richard. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> these are thing, good things in good karma, multiple yeah. companies <laughs> and being nice to people. You get good you karma. get these contacts. I always tell people that the, the good part about being in the media industry is so you get to meet enough people that you know someone who at least knows someone you can call for any of these things. Yeah. I'm happy to pay. I'll pay for them. Just give me access. <laughs> I get the money. <laughs> Music's but I always been uh, like you said. You know, when some when uh, someone asks you uh, what you are, I would with you. I would always tag music there. I said that at the beginning of this uh, chat because because I've known you as a person who's genuinely had such passion for for music. I envy the concerts you go for. Well, uh, it's a, it's a recent thing actually. You know, uh, and I think when I was at MTV, I was surrounded by music at work. But maybe started in you know I grew up in Chennai. Yeah. And Hindi movies were not a thing to like. There was not a thing at all. Like we didn't even know like what movies were launched. So entertainment yeah. was not movies. Yeah, entertainment was music. And yeah. I went to a college, I Madras Session College. It was in a hundred plus acre jungle. Yeah. <laughs> and in those days, uh, you know, the, every hostel had a turntable, mm. and the the culture was that the seniors would actually leave behind records for the juniors to educate them in music. So the whole thing was. The professors will educate you in the class, mm. but your seniors will educate you in the dorm. Oh, wow. And they educate you about very interesting things, which <laughs> you may not be able to talk about. <laughs> but the music part. So, I mean, there were old Jethro Tull records. There were old CCR records. Yeah. There were Miles Davis records. I mean, yeah. jazz, blues, rock. I yeah. mean, largely these three genres yeah. were a lot. Yeah. Uh, there were... Every year, four culture. I mean, those days were culturals would have fashion shows. MCC's yeah. culturals was a rock show. Yeah. There was no fashion show. So, <laughs> so I think it started from then. I started getting involved in organizing these concerts. Yeah. I, I remember I got Parikrama to come and play in, in Chennai for the first time. Yeah. Um, there was uh, a brand called Shiva, mm. which did like hard metal, like Judas Priest kind of, you know, rock. <laughs> uh, so we got a lot of this. And the whole culture in that college was like, I was to tell this to, you know, some people. They said the most loaded question when you walk in as a junior would be, yeah. hey, what kind of music do you listen to? Yeah, you could say Daler Mendi, yeah. Deep Purple or Doze. Yeah, and you would be slaughtered in for the next three years. Yeah, you know which which part you're going to. You be know, so uh, so I think it started off from that. I also, as a good uh, South Indian kid, was trained in uh, Carnatic music while growing up. Uh, while I never thought at that time it was something I hated it, mm. but somewhere it created sense of appreciation for music. I still can't do classical mm. music. I, yeah. Something I I I have, I have a um, I have a Spik uh, concert problem. That as as kids you'd be taken to these Swick Mega concerts to watch, and at some point I think that's embedded at the back of my head. I will, so maybe I'll get over it eventually at some point of time. Yeah, I mean I I I enjoy I enjoy actually Hindustani classical music more now. But it started off there, and uh, it came back to this thing. Actually, I got a lot into traveling around the world for concerts now because uh, 
post MTV, I was like, music's out of my life in 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 that sense from a work perspective, yeah. not as much. Yeah. But does it have to be out of my life? Mm-hmm. And this question of who, what defines you? Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, if I really believe that that's what defines me, yeah, uh, I should. It's not so difficult, right? Fortunately, I've come to a point in life where the barrier is not money; the barrier is time. Yeah. Before the barrier was always money. Yeah, true. Right. Fortunately, Touchwood right now the barrier is not is not the affordability. So if you and if you can make time and if you plan, I think it's. Yeah. I found I discovered an amazing app mm. uh, for yeah. all the music lovers out there. Download Song Kick. Yeah. It just surveys your Spotify library. And then it keeps popping you alerts whenever yeah. any of your favorite artists are playing anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so last few years, I've been fortunate to catch Clapton, The Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, and hopefully now end of the year, you too. So it's been a good couple of years. I list Spotify uh, uh, mixes have ta- have taught me um, the fact that I actually listen to a lot of metal and a lot of eighties rock. Mm. Yeah, and I've for some reason I I've, I've been finding so much Motley Crue and oh, like man. decadence, and, decadence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff, and I'm like, one second, I was lit- I was literally listening to a lot of rap, and then suddenly this all all the mixes seem to be this, so which means I, in my head. While well, I had become a rap listener, I technically maybe was <laughs> your play- playlist approved for who you are. Who I am. And you know there are a bunch of things which I really want to um, talk to you about, uh, but I do know we need we need to go in for a break, so we're gonna do that. Me right back with advertising instead. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. Uh, we're still with Daddy. Post Flipkart, uh, uh, you moved to Google, right? And, and yeah. the, your role at Google is interesting because I, I feel that in the present agency brand platform ecosystem, um, there used to be a time when the agency was the central figure, right? Who would, who would kind of always have the main creative call. Now, I think the agencies have to be the biggest collaborator to, to in, in some ways, honestly survive. Um, and we also be able to learn as much from platforms and what you actually facilitate in many ways is how the agencies can actually learn more and brands can actually learn more in terms of what they should actually do, right? Yeah, I think for me, Google was uh, uh, an interesting change to make. Uh, It really brought me back to my passion of being in media and entertainment. Uh, So I think that was a big plus. It got me to work with people who I already know and I think that's a big, big, huge advantage, right? You yeah. get to work with partners who you already have a history with. So you walk in already with an advantage yeah. into the room. Uh, and that was really both from the advertiser, marketing, creative community. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just think about some numbers, right? We are adding 40 million odd people, 40 to 50 million people every year on the internet. Yeah, That's the size of like Spain or France, you know, give and take a couple of million this way, that yeah. way. With that kind of number of people getting added, it has to change the way brands are talking to consumers. Yeah. And if we can suddenly be the enabler of that, yeah. you know, I think it was just seemed like, wow, it's so interesting. There's a new country being added to our internet <laughs> island of, you know, internet. Yeah. Uh, and if we can figure out a better way that people can connect with this, mm. I think it would be really interesting. So a lot of what I do is saying, how can we use three things? So I think you talk about advertising. Mm-hmm. I think advertising is not dead. It's alive and kicking. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I say that because creativity will be say, the core of advertising. It'll never True. go like True. machines. How much have we got to automation? Yeah. An idea can be born. It's nothing more powerful than a powerful idea. But what we're saying, along with that idea, if you wrap it with data and technology, mm. can that idea just become a rocket? Yeah. And that's what we try and do. I mean, that's the what uh, me and my team do. Uh, we say that, can we 
you come with a smart business idea but yeah. can we then give it that adrenaline shot of data and technology yeah. mm-hmm. so that it can deliver business better business results for you so today i manage a large bunch of network agencies single mm-hmm. that big media buying agencies mm-hmm. uh, i manage the four largest creative agencies mm-hmm. and we manage also a lot of independent mm-hmm. locally born locally funded agencies it's a good mix yeah it's a good profile of uh, of partners yeah and uh, i have a really cool bunch of uh, people in my team we are yeah. across uh, bombay delhi and bangalore yeah and we just moved to a really really nice new office in bombay a couple yeah. of weeks back so yeah. it's going good uh, when you look at agencies right and and this is a consistent conversation is the fact that um, i personally believe that brands have evolved faster than agencies have um, and brands have understood that they need to change and they need to do um, how they need to function um a lot of agencies are going to held on to legacy a little longer than they should and 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 not moved ahead um would you agree is that to to an extent would you say that has been a problem that that has kind of held because there was a time when an agency person was the coolest person in the room right now they creators there are there young people want to join startups and all that stuff that yeah. sheen kind of i i think that's a generalization varun um yeah. because i think it's also about the kind of relationship a client has and if a client treats an agency like an agent yeah that means you're just a trader true but if you think of yourself i'm a you're a partner yeah and i like to think of my i like my as partners right if they are partners and i see and i've seen in those relationships it's very very different mm. because then there is seamless learning from yeah. the, the advertiser side to the partner side from the partner side to advertiser side and yeah. i think intrinsically the advertiser will know deep yeah because i know all about my business my category my product all of that yeah the beauty of the partner is that i work across 15 20 categories different brands so there's so, so much of experience. this community learning sitting inside say group m yeah that they can kind of synthesize all that and bring that back into l'oreal which only which is really living in the beauty space right yeah, yeah. and today consumers are buying i buy i buy much more l'oreal shampoo in the morning but i'm wearing some other brand of clothes i'm driving a car i'm on a phone so all categories in a way are connected yeah So I think if we can, it's about how that relationship is being maxed out. Yeah. And today, uh, people are using their, and I'm going to say keep saying partner, but I refer to it traditionally as the agency. But yeah, their partner as you're my pipe to the world. Yeah. You bring me the best UI UX guy. You bring the best content person. You bring me the best celebrity. You bring me the best media. Yeah. I can't do all of this. I can focus on my business. Yeah. But I need one trusted partner. who can bring all of this into me yeah and you could you do the shopping you do the evaluating but bring it to me because you understand my business needs yeah and and then that's the concept of a full service agency yeah uh i think i think that the word partner is interesting right because there's constantly a, a lot of people say why do is the word agency relevant anymore which we yeah. actually partners actually yeah. a great way yeah. to put it because um clients just want solutions right yeah. and they're like because because every single market has the more digital has spread the more more every industry has been um, for lack of a less cliched word disrupted yeah um uh, and that's also led to them saying okay can you do this also for me can you do this also for me and if you don't add those things many times then there are multiple who can do that right and 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 that evolution is actually the most exciting part about the business so when someone says the yeah, advertising industry is under threat i'm like no it's just that you need to evolve much faster than you ever had to um and keep adding more pieces and kind of Kind of like how what 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 MTV did. <laughs> Literally, that's the model that <laughs> agencies need to really have. Yeah, I met recently uh, somebody from the the CMO for Swiggy, mm. and see, I I'm really a big fan of their work. You yeah, know, I agree. Their work is amazing. They do some great work. 
So I was like, uh, you, know, you guys are kidding around the park every time. Like, how are you guys doing it? He said, we have a mainline agency. We have a digital agency. We have an in-house creative team. Mm. So I said, wow, is that like, isn't that like too many? Yeah. He's like, that's the that's my only job. Yeah. That the good idea can come from any of these three. Yeah. But I have to start making everyone believe that that's the good idea. And then everybody runs behind it. Yeah. So my job, and he's the same as my job is only to figure out how to make these three Units work And now because the work is so good They're all working together Yeah So I think it's about challenging Some of these You know Oh Like I know uh, For example for Ford Yeah uh, WPP has an agency called GTP Yeah In this In one agency Creative Planning Design All sit together in one floor Yeah And I think that's Suddenly yeah, so, like Yeah clients are I also you. heard like Kunal was telling me from Ogilvy That we don't have a creative section in the office or a servicing section. Yeah. It's just open seats. You sit where you want. So people yeah. can sit wherever. Yeah. And like, there's no, every, who I should think I'm only creative. I'm only mm. business. Yeah. It, it's also like, like one of the things which, so when, when we built the agency, right, we didn't, we didn't know how agencies were structured. We, we, we eventually had people who had a little more experience in those aspects, but like we never used the word servicing, right? We didn't see the point. Like if someone's sitting in front of a client and you're not giving some sort of strategic insight, then Clients yeah. going to be like, why are you here, right? Yeah. Either you're either you're a really good salesperson, or you're a great, really good, really good strategic person, or an executor. And, and we built that out in that sense, right? Um, we are also seeing the fact that um, it's this in, interesting in, um, influx when everyone said everyone's going to platforms. Um, I've realized that a lot of people who work in, let's say, editorial platforms or content companies are slowly also joining a few agencies because uh, that's the kind of experience. Like we hire a lot from companies like that, right? Because we realize that editorial-ish experience um, helps build a lot more interesting things uh, for clients. Um, and especially uh, both new age clients and and, and, and I would say um, legacy clients who are also evolving for this whole thing. Um, and when I look at all of that, I think the, the, the balance of it is, is interesting because I think we're all, we're not all fighting for the same pie. There's enough pie out there. Uh, but we're all trying to do what's right for the brand. Yeah, and when you talk about this pie, right, I just thought maybe for the listeners to share, India is for the first time in 2019 entered the top 10 ad markets by ad spend in the yeah. world. Yeah. Right, which is a big deal. Now we're in the top 10. Yeah. What's more interesting is that we are the fastest growing ad market in that top 10. Ah. So just to give you say, India's ad market will grow close to 12%, US is growing like 2%. So six times as fast as the US. Which basically means that in the next 10 years, yeah. there'll be US, yeah. there'll be China and there'll be India. Yeah. So for, for everybody's working in advertising or thinking about a career in advertising, the next 10 years is going to be like, this is going to be hitting, it's going to be a dream run. Yeah. More brands, more spend, more platforms, more opportunities. Yeah. Like so many opportunities to try out new things, right? So I really think that this, like yesterday I had a bunch of folks from the UK, you know, spending time with us. Uh, that we had hosted yeah. and I had finished the session I told them there are two words that I want you to take back from the two days that you spent here I just want you to remember incredible India yeah the opportunity is going to be so big yeah that you, anyone jumping into this space is going to have a really really good time yeah. um, also because the we are the most prominent mobile first markets right and that's we, we didn't go through that curve of, of desktop uh, to laptop to yeah. a lot of them are there and, and, and that that and honestly is the most interesting part about how even an Indian consumer functions versus how I would say some of the more um, advanced markets function. I think uh, we are an advanced advanced market. I, I should just stop using that term. You know, one one leap was from desktop straight into mobile. Yeah. The other leap that we are seeing right now is from typing to voice. Yeah. 
uh, with voice now where you can activate a Google Assistant or you can talk to any of these yeah. voice command. India is now the largest, within the Google world, India is the largest voice community. Yeah. Uh, and if you typically think it's the high end of the market talking to their Google Homes and their Alexas, yeah. that's one side of it. But the other side is the low end is the people who can't read and write, yeah. who can suddenly now talk to their phones and suddenly yeah. be totally connected to the internet. So yeah. I think that that's the next big leap. Like we're going to be a voice first economy, yeah. uh, internet economy, and everything's actually going to happen through the power of voice. And uh, I think that's something that's uh, exciting as well. So, so if I was someone entering this space today, right? Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I know you do this with, with, a lot, with a lot of agencies. If you had to give a a few things that I should definitely focus on and some things which maybe not really necessarily focus as much on. What would those be? Uh, you mean as an agency? Or as an, as as an, an agency, yeah. Or even as a marketer, overall. I think we think about the data you're collecting mm-hmm. because the data can be super useful. Yeah. And over a period of time, if you consistently collect data about your consumers with their consent, yeah, it will really help you make your marketing that much more effective. Yeah. So I think that's one. Yeah. Two, I think about... Don't think of automation as loss of jobs, but yeah. think of automation as improved efficiency. Yeah. Technology can allow you to do things at scale that you were not able to do. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Uh, Woot is, mm. uh, Viacom has this OTT, which mm. was launched just as I was leaving. Woot has over 100,000 hours of content. Mm. But the content you watch and the content I watch might be very different, yeah. right? Uh, but the, we are both being seen the same ad. Yeah. So as a result, like the conversion is low. Yeah. Now through the machine, it can say, hey, Varun likes to see music related content. So the ads Varun sees, mm-hmm. the machine actually just, the top and tail is the same. The machine is just chopping the content, yeah. putting it in between. Yeah. You're seeing ads about music shows and Voot. Yeah. And assuming I like reality shows, yeah. basis my viewing history, it's actually yeah. the machine is cutting me and showing me ads. So now mm-hmm. they're able to serve hundreds of different variations of consumer yeah. to creative. Yeah. Just with the machine. Now, my editor had to sit and do it yeah. in the times when we used to work. Yeah, yeah. Impossible, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think if you leverage technology at scale, you can suddenly find more efficiency. Yeah. That to me is uh, an interesting thing. I think third is we just have to think about like biggest thing is talent in our industry. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I want talent that's really digital savvy. You have to make your talent digital savvy I agree. as well. So how are you investing? Thank you in- for saying that. I've, I've said this for, for a while now. So I think investing in people and investing is not just training, but it's an exposure. It's uh, making them meet people outside of their core workspace, yeah. Yeah. just opening horizons. Yeah. I think we have to really think about it as HR roles in companies. Maybe the CEO needs to be much more closely connected to the HR heads yeah. Yeah. because they are actually uh, yeah, doing, so we are doing something very interesting, which we'll release through the end of the year which is what kind, what do HR heads need to be thinking about and having confidence in their CEOs mm. to make their agencies future-proof. So oh, that's great. That's going to be something that's, uh, that's I'm gonna, I'm gonna, coming out. I'm waiting for that one to come out. Because I believe that 80% of senior leadership's job uh, is to just be right. HR. Yeah. That is yeah. literally what we do all day long. Yeah. And I think the good part, at least, in and for being Google, the advantage that we have is like, Literally, Google is very well com- connected across geographies. Mm-hmm. So we constantly know that, hey, this worked well in Japan or this worked in Indonesia or this is working well in some part of Europe. Yeah. So I think that suddenly thinking about, I don't live in my cocoon. I don't work in, you work in your market, but yeah. you have to have your mind space. Yeah. Because something that's working somewhere is working with human beings. So True. can I figure out a way to make it work for me? Yeah. I do this thing at the end of every episode, which, which we like to call humans of advertising, where I ask you, uh, this is my random se- uh, random question section. I'm going to start off by uh, 
What what is the one thing you can whip up in an instant? I can whip up a good record, man. <laughs> I can play a good vinyl very quickly. <laughs> I just heard that there's a hotel in London. Yeah. Wherein you can re- the room has a turntable and records in it. I want to I want to find that hotel and stay there. Oh, that sounds like an interesting one. Yeah. Too. I, but I'm so happy to hear that vinyls uh, vinyls really growing in sales globally. It's become one of those. Yeah, yeah. Such a great trend. I'm waiting for mixtapes to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when that's going to happen. What's your uh, What's your uh, recent music discovery been? Because I, I I know that you I uh, I actually got into a act called Crazy P. Mm-hmm. It's a bunch of UK guys who um, were actually making music using Atari based sounds. So it's very electronic, video gameish okay. kind of sounds. Uh, and then they they were performing at this bar, and then this woman walked in. who has an amazing voice, and she, they just got her to join her. Now they are called Crazy P. Uh, they were actually called Crazy. Penis, oh. but then she said, "If it's crazy penis, I'm going to join this band." So they just made a crazy P, and you should check them out. I was blown away uh, by the music. So now oh. I'm listening to a lot of crazy P currently. Oh, Atari songs. That, that yeah. yeah. Um, been reading a lot of books lately. Yeah. Um, I uh, just recent recommendation. I I just finished one. I, just, I read the Paulo Coelho Hippie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it a really interesting, very un Paulo Coelho kind of thing. I read it. Just mm. finished it a couple of weeks back. It's about Paulo himself who actually goes from South America to Nepal in a bus. Mm. Wow. It's like the magic bus. It's like the hippie <laughs> bus and what happens uh, along the way. So I found that like really interesting. Uh, I just started reading the story of uh, Snowden. Uh. I've just got to the first 10, 15 pages. So really like I work in the world of data, but how he saw data and what yeah. Yeah. he felt this data was doing to the privacy of people. I'm a huge fan of the Amish series. So I just read uh, his latest book as well. So whenever that comes out, I, it starts quick reading, right? You can finish it yeah. in one day. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to read stuff that's not so much work related. Yeah. Uh, I have a problem. I, I read a lot of like, I, not just biographies. I go, I go very like, it's, it's a little random. So I, I read the, um, uh, book called The Ride of a Lifetime, which is uh, uh, Bob Iger's autobiography. <clears throat> okay, it was very it was it was interesting. It was it was like you wouldn't like I didn't think it would be as in, in, interesting as it ended up being, because that whole journey and the, the way he's narrated it's actually the incidents and like you also kind of see how the whole Marvel thing happened. You can mm-hmm. see how the whole Lucasfilm thing happened. You, that entire piece yeah. and how he sounds interesting. It's a really interesting book to read. So that's my recommendation. You know, the best part is of reading of this is, yeah. I, you know, fortunately, I have to get to travel a lot. Um, you know, yeah. so whenever you take an international flight, get to the bookstore, rather than seeing movies for eight hours, I find it like, it's, it's better to read a book. Yeah. Put on your headphones, read a book, and I think most every trip one book gets knocked off. So it's like in-flight reading. So I've moved fully to digital now. So I yeah. the, the Kindle has become my yeah. go-to. I, I can't carry too many books now. I, I think I can't do it. I was I'm seeing this uh, show on Netflix on Bill Gates, and yeah. if you when yeah. he she talks to you, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. The number of books he traveled, he was reading like eight books at the same time. <laughs> How does he travel? That like he carrying so many books and reading different. Like he's reading some book here, some book there. And they're not connected. It's also Bill Gates. It's, I think that that brain works. It's amazing, man. I was like, really? Yeah. That that entire series is so interesting because it's just the way his mind works. Yeah. It's just something. Yeah. And finally, why will advertising not die? I know you mentioned it somewhere in between, but this is generally my final question. What is advertising? I mean, advertising is brands talking to people. Yeah. How how will that ever stop? Like as people, we always need stuff. Yeah. And they're going to brands to provide it. So they're going to talk. Like 
I think what will change and what's changing and it's going to keep changing is how they talk. Yeah, true. The fact that they're going to talk is always going to be there. The how they talk uh, is going to change, and I think that's interesting, right? Uh, I think we are the currently the 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 phase now. I'd like to call it is like personalization and customization at, at like some mega scale. It's not yeah. like just one to one. It's one to one into one million or ten million, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like uh, I think the interesting phase that we're going through. And like I said. Uh, Creativity now is not a standalone, but think of creativity as a sandwich that's got two slices of bread of data and technology around it. Yeah, and I think that's going to be an interesting bite for all of us to take out. Yeah, uh, I also think the definition of so-called creative people is going to change. Everybody is going to be creative in some sense. Like in my MTV days, the people in the art and films department were the creative people. Yeah, in Google, the people, the engineers are the creative people. Yeah. So I think the definition of creative is also true. You know, my brother is a computer science. Uh, you know, he's a PhD in computer science, and in his world, he is the most creative community. Yeah. Right. But if you told me when he was going to study that, oh, he's going to a PhD, but he'll be creative. Like I'd be like, how is that even connected? But that, that's creative too. So I think we all have to find creative ways to do what we do and yeah. find uh, you know different ways to connect with uh, our audiences. And I just think so many platforms are coming up that the way you tell your story in a print ad is so different from where you tell it on television. It's going to be different where you tell it on YouTube. It's going to be different the way you tell it on Snapchat. It's yeah. going to be something else is going to happen, right? So podcast, like we just we just <laughs> maybe touching the tip of the iceberg I, yeah, of podcast. Yeah, yeah. Podcasts are super popular globally. So yeah. new formats, new platforms, lots new to kinds do. of yeah, lots to do. <laughs> uh, new kinds of users, yeah. This has been fun. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I, I think you told me that I wouldn't feel the time fly. Can you yeah, right? Yeah, I, also because also because what I traditionally do is is and uh, is that I I I do a break cut in between, yeah. but this time I let it flow fully. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Although with although you, for people who are listening, there will be a break in between, but you won't guess we, we, uh, how so smartly done by Shlok, who's the producer. I just <laughs> I just thought I'll take this opportunity to say that. Uh, in our early days in MTV, when we were trying to do a lot of stuff, Varun was always there on the front foot saying that, like, you were a strong business guy, but I think you're a strong business guy. You never wore the business hat in front of your partners. Like, and I think that just shows Because you want to have fun making good stuff. Like, you think only about making money, you'll never make money. You do good stuff, but yeah. you'll never make money. So, <laughs> it was amazing working with you. And when you called me and said, let's have this chat, it yeah. almost brought me back to to that time. So, um, so thank you for having me. And it was thank you so much for here. coming down. Yeah, anytime. And that's it. This episode of Advertising is Dead. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you.